Drew and Joyce Cassie have endured what no parent should ever have to face. Over the last 14 years, they've chased down every lead that's come to them, including tips that were straight-up false or resulted in dead ends. Drew tells me about an unexpected call he got one day. A young woman was found in Mexico, and the FBI believed she could be Jennifer. She had the FBI call her and say, we have her in Mexico, we have her. She calls me, we got her, we're going, get ready to go, get ready to go. And I'm like, I'm not going anywhere until you tell me it's Jennifer. What the hell are you talking about? I've been down this road a million times. When did that call come? Probably five years or seven years ago, maybe. Turns out they yanked her right off the street. They sent me a picture and it was pretty good. I mean, there was five marks on this lady that I'm like, wow. You know, like a birthmark here, the nose on, perfect teeth, white teeth, and she's living on the streets of Mexico. They yank her off. She didn't want to go. She starts stabbing herself, so then they got DNA. They run the DNA real quick, and she ran away from New York from her family. She didn't want to be found. She was just living on the streets, and that was all there was to it. Detective comes back to me and says, Oh, what a ride that was. I don't believe you go through this. Joyce then tells me about a lead that was completely made up which left her flabbergasted. Within the first couple of days of Jen's abduction, I'm in this shopping center right across from where our car was dropped off, and a woman comes up to me and says, I'm your person of interest. My heart stopped. My heart stopped. And I'm like, what? She said, I'm your person of interest. I bring her into like a like a check cashing place, and there was nobody in there. So I asked her if she would come in with me. I told the people who recognized us, because every day we were going to the same shopping center, and she was just trying to jam up her husband. So, yeah, I mean, that has happened. You have no idea how many times we have been through, like, those kind of scenarios that people swear you know, listening to someone who thought that they had information. And then there was a man named David Russ, whom Drew visited in prison. The man, who confessed to a 2007 murder, claimed to also have information about Jennifer. Drew met with him, but Russ's claims turned out to be false. All these ups and downs, and still nearly 15 years later, their daughter's case remains unsolved. I had a lady on the island. I got gas yesterday. And I'm pumping gas, and the lady walks right out, and she says, I need to give you a hug. Every time I see you, I've wanted to give you a hug. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, I mean, just that's what, people, that's what people do. I recently sat down with private investigator Amber Pazan, a former government official with knowledge of polygraphs. I wanted to get an outside perspective on the Cassie case. We know that multiple people interviewed by the Orlando police passed their polygraphs. Does that mean anything to you? I don't put very much stock into the suspects of the Kessie case that passed their polygraphs, nor conversely would I put that much stock into the polygraph failures. There's a reason that polygraphs aren't admissible in court. We'll be back after this short break. 
was a scandal that rocked Louisville, Kentucky. Several former veterans of the Louisville Metro Police Department sexually abused teens in a mentorship program and their perverse acts hidden for years. Binge listen to this first podcast from the Fox News Investigative Unit only on Apple Podcasts. From the Fox News Podcasts Network. Stay on top of the latest news and information from Fox News. Listen and download the Fox News Hourly Update on your time. The trending stories you need anytime you want it. Listen and download now by going to foxnewspodcasts.com. As a journalist covering crime, I've traveled the country and met with people from all walks of life, listening to their tales of despair and quests for justice. But it has never jaded me. In every dark story, there is always a light of humanity. In the case of Jennifer Kessie, that came in the form of a new law, one with profound influence. The families of Jennifer and Tiffany, Hillary Sessions and Drew and Joyce Kessie are right here above me right now. I want to thank them on the behalf of all the missing persons and the, and the families of the missing persons throughout the United States and Florida. Mr. President. Senator Constantine moves that CS Senate Bill 502 be placed on final passage. Show that motion adopted without objection. The Secretary Alec the Machine and Senators will prepare to vote. Have all Senators voted. Have all Senators voted. Secretary Alec the Machine record the vote. 38 yeas, 0 nays, Mr. President. So the bill passes. In 2008, the Florida House passed Senate Bill 502, the Jennifer Kessie and Tiffany Sessions Missing Persons Act. This act changes how missing person cases are handled in Florida. The new law directs police to start looking for a missing person 25 or younger within two hours of his or her reported disappearance. Police must also ask relatives for DNA samples of people missing for more than 90 days so they can be entered into a national database. The law was named after Jennifer and Tiffany Sessions, a 20-year-old college student who disappeared on February 9, 1989, after going for a run in Gainesville, Florida. Jennifer was legally declared dead in 2016 by the state of Florida. And though she wasn't able to continue her life with good acts in the world, her legacy does just that, in helping to save the lives of missing people. This is a story about a young woman who's been missing for 14 years. But it's also a story about a father and mother who never gave up. We're not delusional people. I'm more than Drew. I believe that there's a good chance that Jen's alive. I believe that because of J.C. Dugard, who was held for 19 years. The three girls in uh, Ohio, they were held for over 14 years. More and more people are being found. Am I delusional? I'm not delusional, but in order for me to live, I have to have that hope that perhaps one day, Lord willing, that I will See Jen again. During one phone conversation I had with Drew Kessie, I asked how he and Joyce had the strength, physical and mental, to continue fighting for answers, tracking down leads, and suing a major police department in an unprecedented move. I'll never forget his response. As a parent, he said, 
You don't know what you're capable of doing until you have to do it. As Jennifer's father, it is my job to bring her home. Of all the parts of the Jennifer Cassie story, it is this one that's had a lasting effect on me. The bond between parent and child that can never be broken or stolen or lost. We don't care where, when, or how. We simply want our daughter to be found. Anyone with information on what happened to Jennifer Kessie is urged to visit the Find Jennifer Kessie Facebook page to report that information. Months of original reporting went into the production of this podcast. A special thanks to Fox 35 in Orlando, as well as senior producer Sid Upson, producer Jurian Tanner, editor William Sanchez, and production assistant Angela Bertarelli. The Fox News Rundown, a contrast of perspectives you won't hear anywhere else. Your daily dose of news twice a day. Featuring insight from top newsmakers, reporters, and Fox News contributors. Listen and subscribe now by going to foxnewspodcasts.com. Prime members can listen to this show ad-free on Amazon Music or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.